sleep, right? What do you want to do tonight? Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Amber May Show. And I'm excited about today because I'm doing a show that I haven't touched on before. And that is the homelessness that is just all over and just a growing population in our community. And today joining me is a man named Trooper and he goes out there and he bandages the wounds and he goes out and tries to give like basic first aid, basic medical to the people that need the help the most that are forgotten really in society. So I'm going to talk to him about what he is doing to try and make our world a little bit brighter and a little bit better and bring in some humanity into a population we just really don't think much of. So joining me today is Trooper. So please like, share, and subscribe. If you believe in what I'm doing, please consider becoming an angel investor. And the easiest way to do that is going to theinformatio.com, hit the donate button, and donate whatever you feel you could donate, five, ten, a hundred dollars, whatever you feel you can donate. That really helps support our program, helps me get better equipment and travel to events so I can cover them. So all of that is so important. And I want to thank those that have donated uh, to our program. Or you could be a $5 monthly subscriber by going to theinformatio.locals.com. Theinformatio.locals.com. So I want you to tell you about Patriot Mobile. If you haven't made the switch, make the switch now because when you do and you use you're going to save money and get free activation. Ditch the woke mobile. Let's go to the only Christian conservative company that's out there, and that's patriotmobile.com. Well, without any further ado, I'd love to have a trooper join us on the program right now. Like I told you, I have Trooper joining us today. We're going to get into all the things surrounding homelessness to learn more about it and what, what, why people end up homeless, what we can do about it. I'm so excited to welcome Trooper to the program. Thank you Thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. I appreciate the, the platform as well. I, yeah, I'm really excited because I, I, I appreciate you as a person because uh, you're, you're involved locally. You're, you're not one of those people that are talk and, and no action. You're getting involved locally, not only in this homeless realm, but you know, you're a precinct commitment like I, and I, and I talk about that a lot on my show, get involved, go to your precinct meetings, go to your legislative district meetings, get involved. If it's not you, then who, if it's not now, then when? So I appreciate that you are grassroots and, and you know, you're, you're, you're similar to me and, uh, you're about action. And I, I appreciate that about you. Yeah, even if we don't know what we're doing, we're doing something. I call it getting out from behind the safe side of your keyboard, no mm-hmm. matter what it is. And we, I became a precinct commitment before 2020. Uh, and I thought, okay, what's this thing, right? They pulled me off a gun range, actually. It was a bunch of Republicans that showed up. And um, Peter Pingarelli was there and, and his wife and Linda Boosom and all that. And there's just, you know, and I had a bunch of AR-15s that I was zeroing. And, they, and none of them had ever seen one before but they're pro-gun, you know, we're pro-gun Republicans. And uh, I said, well, you're welcome to shoot them. So I spent the next 
like 90 minutes just loading 10 rounds into magazines and you know like getting getting on the side of the shooter and they were shooting had a great time they said you know what trooper i think you'd really make a good precinct committee man why don't you you know why don't you give this i'm like you trying to sell me like amway or shackley i'm going to be flowers out of a bucket on the street corner so and it kind of went that way and then as you know now i'm the the uh, third vice chair of arizona legislative district 27 and uh, amber and i are both state committee men no, I'm not a state committee man. I'm just precinct. No. <laughs> I, I just I can't put one more thing on my plate. But you know, I I'm trying. I'm trying the best I can. You know, doing the show, getting out there in the neighborhoods, being a mom and a wife, and everything. And so I, that's why I'm encouraging people. Don't just say. Don't just complain. I'm tired of the complaints. I want action because that's how we're going to save our country. Is action. That's what I admire about you, Trooper. I you're a man of action and you get things done and you're doing the best you can with the skill sets you have. And I love that. And you have a great channel and I want everyone to know about your channel. Go ahead and tell us where your channel's at. So I'm on the trooper channel. So it's on telegram and it's trooper underscore channel. And then we have a chat too. So, you know, and there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the chat that's not in the channel. I don't know if anybody's familiar with telegram, but if you just follow a channel, and you make a channel post, there'll be comments, but you'll only see the comments that are underneath that one main channel post. Mm -hmm. If you join the chat that's attached to the channel, then people can organically just have conversations in there mm -hmm. that you'll never see if you only follow a channel. So mm -hmm. uh, the, the Trooper channel itself is focused on self-reliance. I never, uh, there's a lot of prepper and end of the world and, you know, and mm -hmm. all this other stuff. I, I focus number one and number two on water and water self-reliance. So, and I just re, I just recreated a bunch of water videos where I'm showing you just go to the feed store, get a 55 gallon bucket, put water in it with a hose. And, you know, how do you utilize this It's super cheap, fast, easy. And, and now you have what I tell people, you should have a minimum of 15 gallons of fresh, ready to drink water. I got a five gallon jug and a torn rotator cup to pick it up with, oh. you know, so you should have at least three of those or 15 gallons of water per person and large pet in your home, ready to go away from cat food, away from strong aromatics, chemicals, cleaning supplies, paint, gasoline, you know, whatever. And then you should have a goal of having five gallons of water per person in your home and pet per day for up to five weeks. And I say five weeks because in a disaster focus, which is what Amber and I are gonna talk about today is people that are literally living in a disaster state. Um, in your home, if you look at even like things like Hurricane Katrina or these large floods or the ones mm -hmm. that happened in India or the earthquake that you know was in Turkey recently, it takes about five weeks for life to kind of return to normal. And mm -hmm. life returning to normal quite literally could be the apartment building that you lived in is still toppled over. But now you're in a mass care site, mm -hmm. uh, you reestablish your connection to your family members, you've buried the dead, you've, your mm -hmm. employment has picked back up again, you're part of the cleanup crew. So five weeks is a, a critical moment. And then between zero and, you know, the, the first two or three days, people are like, hey, what happened? You know, oh, my God. And then there's lots of questions. There's lots of uh, speculation once it's known where the disaster is and how big the disaster is, then all of a sudden you have, you know, the police get involved, the fire department gets involved, the county uh, and state emergency operations center gets involved, and then the National Guard, and then FEMA, and then whoever, right? But it's it's you as an individual that has to be responsible for your own family, and that way you're part of the solution because you're not part of the problem. Um, I have a bag, it's not in the room right now, uh, but I carry water with me and a basic first aid kit and stuff like that. But I don't, 
I want people to think like a homeless person, like we're going to talk about, is these guys don't have bug out bags. In fact, they lose their entire, mm-hmm. um, you know, worldly possessions at least, you know, once a month. And usually about once every couple of weeks, they lose everything, whether it gets stolen or they have to flee or it's raining right now. So their, you know, their homes get washed away. Everything they own is gone now. So I'm going to have a bunch of wet people with foot injuries, you know, tomorrow, Saturday when we go out there and they have to start completely over again. Your bug out bag um is not going to help you if you just bought something from the shit fairy you filled it up in a bag you left it in the corner of the room and you're waiting for an emergency and you never even looked in the bag to see what was in there yeah so you have to have a response plan but if you can stay out of the conflict space and you know if you know basic first aid skills which is what we're trying to teach on the trooper channel when we go out to the homeless uh camp and you know we're treating some pretty complex injuries out there and i'm not a doctor i'm not a nurse I'm just a, you know, an active participant in my community. And these are our fellow Americans and they're injured. And a lot of times they don't have access to medical care. But I think you're an EMT, aren't you? I'm not an EMT. I'm training an EMT. And we'll we'll get into that in a minute. So Wyatt, the young kid that you see out there is going to West Mac and he's in their EMT program. They were so impressed with the work that we're doing out at the, the homeless site that they said, Trooper, can you develop this into a program that we can rotate Uh, you know, EMT and fire science students out too, so they can get some real world experience. And I thought, yeah, sure. You know, what do do I need to do? So I thought, well, if if I'm going to do that, then I have to establish an organized entity. I have to establish some controls. Mm -hmm. We have to have, uh, you know, some, some history of following whatever controls we're going to put in place. I I need to, you know, uh, instantiate some type of organization. And so I just started this last January or February in 2023 and in that amount of time where, you know, February 2nd, 2024, uh, we're a 501c3. Uh, we just started our website and uh, we've got a lot of help from a lot of people to do all of this stuff. Uh, and then to, uh, we just had our, our, our Amazon thing, uh, the Trooper Care Network Amazon wish list, uh, you know, um, being created now, like they approved it. But I have all the medical supplies that I ask people to donate that are on my account. We're moving them over there. Uh, so we're we're making progress. What I want to do is I want to scale this to a bigger thing than what it is, but you can't just show up randomly to where homeless people are and then open up the back of a truck and go, Hey, you know, come over here and get a bandaid. Cause they're not <laughs> you know, all these like some strange dude. With it's creepy. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. You'll be in, it's creepy. It sounds like the van down by the river, the creepy exactly. old guy, but we need to back up the story <clears throat> because okay. we're missing so much information about why you even care about getting involved with the homeless. How do you go from, being a precinct committeeman to wanting to go <clears throat> and be helping the homeless. So there's a big gap of information. All we know about you right now, you're very involved. You have a um, you have an organization or a ministry for homeless people. You're active politically, but we know nothing about who Trooper is and how you got to that desire I'm a to help. Remarkable person. So I, I have a lot of hobbies. Like my wife says, you need to stop with the hobbies because. Right now I have some calligraphy pens over here off camera and uh, I I have like 60 of them because I think calligraphy is cool. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, you know what, I want to get one of those little things, you know, the dip pen. And I started out, I have a bunch of videos on the Trooper channel with the, uh, the fountain pens. And I spent like three days cleaning like a hundred fountain pens. Um, And then I'll get bored with it. Like I'll learn everything there is to know about it. And then I'll move on to something else, but I'm just a normal dude 
And my only like complaint, the only cross I have to bear in life is that I don't have grandchildren. And I'm constantly complaining about that. Uh, but I do have three adult children. And my, my vision for the world was that I was going to come into the end of my career, be the, you know, the dink, the dual income, no kid, you know, adults, and then have grandkids and then be able to transfer all my trooper skills, you know, to my grandkids. So I wanted to go hunting. I wanted to go fishing. I wanted to go camping. I wanted to just do that, you know, get all my, uh, my nieces and nephews or amateur radio licenses so that, you know, they could learn Morse code. And they're like, why do we need Morse code? We got one of these, you know. Well, what happens if the phone systems go down? I mean, we not that I really am a big fan of Christopher Ray, the FBI director. I, I don't trust that man. But when he gets out there, and it's something even our state legislator said, we don't want any kind of devices, in, especially in our elections, that have anything to do with foreign, uh, being built foreign in, in a foreign mm -hmm. land because of the ability to hack that piece of equipment. And so here Christopher Ray comes out and says, hey, China is going to attack our infrastructure. I believe that could be true. Oh, yeah. But where where have you been, Christopher Ray, all these years? I mean, I don't trust the man at all. Um, but that's true. And it goes kind of back to what you're saying. I mean, yeah, you have a cell phone, but what happens if it gets hacked and we know our cell phones don't work for a time? Um, I think it's smart to have like a uh, like a walkie-talkie type radio, but yeah. your skill sets that you're trying to teach your, your kids or your nieces and nephews, I think is smart just in case. I mean what if like well, would it hurt will it hurt anyone to learn some of these skills no and in and, and if christopher ray is right and you know they attack our infrastructure or all the people coming into our nation are trained to attack our infrastructure then where are we going to be i don't know but it we'd be better off if we had some basic skills hey i'm going to get to that thought in just a second but right now i'm going to take a quick break hey friends New variants means new vaccines and even more scare tactics. You know, Dr. Peter McCullough gets asked all the time, how do I get this out of my body? Well, Spike Support Formula is the only product I've seen that contains ingredients research to block and dissolve COVID spike protein in the bloodstream. Whether you've got the shot, you're watching research pour in about vaccine shedding, or you've had a bad bout of COVID, Spike Support is a serious concern. And while we won't truly know the extent of the devastating effects, for many years, there is something you can do right now to protect yourself. Hundreds of people, vaccinated or not, have reported better mental clarity and increased energy levels. Head to twc.health slash Amber May to buy the wellness company's spike support formula and get back to feeling your best. Use promo code Amber May at checkout and you will save some money. So that's twc.health slash Amber May to save some money at checkout. Hey, everybody, this is Cash Patel, and you're watching The Amber May Show. To celebrate the new year, we're having the biggest sale ever on overstock clearance and brand new products. For example, save 60% on our Goose Down comforters, the best comforters ever. They go perfectly with our MyPillow bed sheets and duvet covers. Save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels. They're made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Our initial quantities are extremely low, so get them now before they go. Our seasonal flannel sheets are finally in. You save up to 50% and they sell out fast every year, so order now. They're truly the best flannel sheets you'll ever sleep on. 
or save up to 80% on all our clearance items. And this is where it gets even better. For a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all MyPillow products. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free. You are listening to The Amber May Show, and now we return to the show already in progress. So the on the Trooper channel, we try to go, okay, well, um, you know, I'm a big water person. We have people that do pressure. Like, I didn't know that there was a difference between canning and steam canning, pressure canning. And then we went, oh, and dehydrating, that's great. And somebody's like, oh, I got a freeze dryer. What's that? And so, uh, you know, we have people that have chickens. We have people that have farms, um, the the hydroponics, the microgreens, all that stuff. So it isn't a, um, a prepper channel. I, I think people confuse being a prepper or being a hoarder with, being an active participant in your own self-reliance so that when these disasters come, you're more capable to, to, to respond to them successfully and then be part of the, part of the solution. So but what made you want to move and, and focus on doing homeless engagement and dealing with the homeless? Like what drew you to that section of our community? Well, I, I don't have any, like some people are out there because they feel like they're paying a sin debt or they have some kind of moral obligation or, whatever. Um, I used to minister to homeless people before I went to work up in Washington. And the reason I started was because I was at an amateur radio meeting and, you know, at this little sandwich shop. And um, there was this homeless guy, his name was Tracy. And he was sitting up, up at the bar counter. And I loved, I loved going to lunch at this particular place because they serve beer there. So I went out to get a beer and I just started talking to this guy, Tracy. And I said something about going to church on Sunday. And he went, man, I'd like to go to church. I'm like, why don't you go to church? He says, dude, look at me. I'm homeless. And I'm like, I'll bring you to church. Where are you going to be on uh, Sunday? I'll pick you up in the morning. So this started this, this big, long arc where I brought Tracy to church. And then his buddy's like, hey, man, can I go? And I'm like, yeah, you can go too. So then there was three guys I was bringing to church. And I, my, I was driving a Ford Ranger at the time. So, you know, two guys were facing each other this way. And mm-hmm. I only bring three guys with me. Well, the church that I went to, didn't want the homeless people there and i didn't understand it so you know church serves man not god right so think about it you think no no man's a stranger in the house of the lord unless it's an operating business entity that has a pecuniary interest in you know what it's doing right so i was bringing these guys to church and you get to the you know stand up and meet and greet hi you know amber how you doing i'm trooper and you know everybody's kind of backing away from the homeless people because they're filthy dirty heathens right and um i went you know, don't worry about this. We're, we're here at church. Well, the reverend approached me and said, Trippy, you can't bring these guys back to church. They're making people nervous. I'm like, what do you mean they're making people nervous? He uh, said, you know, they're kind of dirty. And, you know, I mean, obviously you could tell when you sit down with your crew there that that whole pew gets evacuated. I'm like, well, you know, I'm emotionally indifferent to that. This is a church. I go here. These people are in the community. They want to go to church. We're here at yes. church. So he said, well, could you try to clean them up a little bit? I went, okay, well, personal hygiene is an important thing. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And the next couple of weeks, I was like, okay, we're, you know, we're going to wash our face, our hands and stuff. And, you know, we're going to go and do church. That wasn't good enough. And then finally they approached me and went, you can't bring them back. That's they're, so they're sad not, to me. not good for the church. They're not donating anything. Homeless people are always a drain on the church. You're running away people that do donate to the church. And so if you want to do this, they, are, they literally ordained me as a homeless minister, but they said, 
you can't use our kitchen. You can't use our resources. We're not going to make them sandwiches. We don't want them back in the church. But if you feel that this is what you need to do, then you do. And then at that point, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this, right? So we would just go out. So so Tracy, his dad was a Mennonite minister. And Tracy had, he went to prison for something and he was disowned from his family. But he was one of those guys that had like the, the baseball statistic knowledge of the Bible. He could say, well, this verse correlates to this story. And mm-hmm. then this thing happened because of this. And then this thing over here happened. And he had like all of this really detailed depth of understanding of the Bible. But he's some homeless drug addict felon, right? And so I would I would bounce my ideas off of him and we would just drive around the city and find like, you know, some guy eating stewed tomatoes out of a can. And then I would just get out of my truck and was like, hey, everybody form a circle. We're going to do church right here, right now. And then people would come and I had so much fun doing that. And oh, I love that, Trooper. I love that yeah. so much. <laughs> so <laughs> that that's 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 the right attitude. A church who won't minister to the needy. That's a horrible attitude. I, I get it. I understand the filth part I, and not wanting to sit next to someone who's so, so dirty. But at that point, couldn't the church like say, all right, let's figure out a way we can get them cleaned up. Let's donate clothes to them. Um, you know, we should feed them. Jesus says to go feed the the needy and the homeless, right? Well, I say, I say a lot of salty stuff, Amber, and you know that, uh, you know, like I turned off my swear word mode is like turned off right now. Hopefully mostly. that's good. <laughs> but with, with Tracy, I wrote a song. There's a guitar over here. Some someday I'll I'll sing it. But uh, he, uh, I said, Tracy, how come you're not doing this? You know everything about the Bible, dude. You should be like Street Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, they're not, they're not going to listen to me, Trooper. So what do you mean? You know everything. Like I ask you about what I'm going to talk about. He said they they're not going to listen to me, dude. They only listen to you. I'm like, well, why do they listen to me? I don't know anything. He said because you don't need to be here. And it took me mm-hmm. years to understand what he was saying. You don't need to be here, and they know that. You know what your ministry reminds me of? Did you ever see the movie Jesus Revolution where mm-hmm. the pastor, uh, the, uh, the, the pastor's daughter found a, a man who looked like Jesus, but he was very hippie and brought him into their home. And the pastor and, and this hippie became good friends and started this, this ministry to reach out to the people that nobody wanted, which was the hippie. That's awesome. Um, uh, yeah, and that's what you, you're what you're doing reminds me of reaching out to the people that no one really wants to associate with. Well, the, now we're at the homeless camp, right? So mm-hmm. I did the homeless ministry for several years, and then I I I had to move, so that stopped everything. Um, and then when I came back and moved back to Arizona, I thought, well, you know, what I want to I want to do something public service. I don't know what it is. The Virginia Shewitt uh, Piper Center, the Red Cross Center that was on Dunlap and I-17 here in Arizona, it moved to Mesa. And I'm like, I'm not going to drive all the way to Mesa. One of the, the other things that the Red Cross did at the time is they have uh, disaster first responders and they have disaster action teams. So we responded to apartment fires where there was a fire and it displaced like 20 people. And, you know, you're trained to show up and say, okay, um, Amber, are you okay? Is everybody in your family okay? And sometimes people, maybe they lose a pet or maybe they lose a kid or maybe whatever. So then we have psychological services people we can contact. Um, do you need to go to work tomorrow? Do you have a car? Do you need a hotel? Do you need a certificate to go to Ross to get some clothing? Um, do we need to call a doctor to replace any medications you lost? So, so they, so the Red Cross that people didn't know because they've always got a bunch of crap about, we got to give you $20 million for Katrina and you only spent 18 million there. What are the other, you know? They use money that they don't get donations for every day, or at least they did. The Red Cross that I knew. The Red Cross we have now, again, is is curating this disaster. Mm-hmm. But um, being involved is is a good thing anyway 
And then with the sheriff's office, it was the same thing. I mean, we've done everything from I had to do jail raids because I'm like the youngest dude at the time, you know, and they're like, yeah, you're going to you're going to do it on the fifth floor where all the baddies are. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do this. I want to go do like patrol because everybody there is drunk. And, you know, if they didn't pay their park pass, they're not going to give you any crap. You go down to Guadalupe, they're throwing beer bottles at your patrol car. They don't Oh, care. yeah. So, That's the truth. You know, yeah. so what, what do you want to do, right? And I wanted to be like the, you know, help the old lady across the street and get the cat out of the tree kind of guy. You can't do that. Well, you could do that as a posse deputy, but as a full sworn law enforcement officer, you're going to be whatever district you're in. You're going to do whatever you do. So when I came back to Arizona, that quickly that wasn't an option the red cross thing wasn't an option they they turned me into a pc which i'm not a public uh i hate knocking doors like when we did golden ticket and we're, we're doing canvassing and getting you know but you have to do it it's you part of the it. part of the job i just i mm -hmm. i don't like it i'm better at getting behind the podiums when we talk to school board meetings and stuff like that and you know having that invective of you know i'm representing the people and mm -hmm. and what you're saying amber too is not everybody can do the amber may show and not everybody be, can be a guest on the Amber May show. Not everybody can speak in front of a podium. But if you're an active participant, get behind the person that's speaking on the podium. Mm -hmm. The first time that I spoke at a school board meeting and I had like 50 people like clap mm -hmm. behind me, like I felt like, you know, really powerful. Mm -hmm. All of that energy is going into that board. Mm -hmm. That's like, right. My goodness, like these people are mad. I'm like, yeah, and we're at least one third of the electorate. So you need to listen to us, mm -hmm. you know, so um get if 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 you're not going to be an amber may or uh you know a marissa hamilton or somebody like that then get behind somebody like that and support them and i wanted to take one moment to say that uh the easyaz.org they lost lisa so lisa blankenship she died in her sleep about four days ago oh how sad and, uh, they have a they have a give butter thing called the lisa t-h-e-l-i-s-a and so they're raising funds to cover her funeral expenses uh lisa Oh, yeah, I guess you were good friends with her. I'm going to say I worked with her, but I wasn't she, like we never had her over for dinner. But uh, she came from Canada and she like she was in a, a rush to to get her uh, citizenship so that she could vote in uh, 2020. Mm. And it isn't Lisa that upsets me. It's that, you know, we have we have better Americans that are immigrants than we have that are native citizens right mm -hmm. so this woman comes here to this country yep and she's like i'm all in on trump and mm -hmm. i want to vote for him and you know the stuff they're going through in canada right now she gets her citizenship she votes for trump she's a founder one of the founding members of easy az she's had this transformative effect in registering voters in getting legislation uh you know voted on and passed in organizing people in educating people on issues and being you know at the tip of the spirit showing up mm -hmm. to city council meetings and uh you know board of governor meetings at the at the county and at the state and everything else and marissa has been right behind her i mean marissa's like the face of easy az mm -hmm. but Lisa was like the engine and the transmission mm -hmm. <laughs> of, right and then Jeff, you know, keeps the wheels on the ground. So he does the footwork. But but um, I wanted to recognize her because she is exactly what what you're saying as far as you're more powerful than you think you are. Mm -hmm. She's just a little old lady that came from Canada that loves Trump. And look what she did. Right. I mean, she left a legacy that hopefully we can all honor her mm -hmm. and continue that. 
Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. But you know, what's your, what you told me briefly about um, the homeless stuff that you do. I want, I want you to talk about what you see and how do people get to those situations? And, you know, there are some homeless that don't want to not be homeless. They rather stay in what they're doing than get the help and get out. But then there's others that would love to get out of being homeless and work towards that. So there's, there's two different camps, so to speak, no pun intended with, with the homeless. So I'd love to get your, your perspective. What do you see? What do you do? How do they get there? Those kind of things, mentalities. The first thing is that we're not there to save anybody. We're there to buy them more time. And I have a thing actually, uh, oh, where is it? So I have this little, um, well, first of all, I have a map uh, of the homeless area, right? And all the all of the adjacent areas behind it. So if somebody says, hey, there's a dude passed out in some of the alleyway. I go, where? You know, and then we can go look for him. But I have a thing back there uh, that says, uh, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. You don't have to listen to anything I say. I'm not here for your vote. I'm not here to save your soul. I'm not here for your dollars. And I'm not here for your asshole. I'm just here to help you. <laughs> and I mean, it seems very base, right? Yes. But that's somebody can believe in that. And they're like, cool. Cause all I got is this cut, you know, that I got. And so let me just dispel a couple of things and validate a couple of things for most people. There are some people that you knew in high school that were screwing up. They were class cut ups. They did drugs. They, they shoplifted. Mm -hmm. They were on a bad path. It doesn't matter if they had bad leadership, bad parents or emotional problems or whatever, but you kind of knew that they probably weren't going to amount to anything. Mm -hmm. And so there's people out in the homeless camp like that and they didn't amount to anything and now they're homeless. So it's all the things that your mama and dad had told you about. You need to go to college and, you know, keep your shoelaces tied and keep your nose clean. So mm -hmm. that's actually a very small percentage of the homeless population. The next, I would say, echelon of that is economic homeless. Hey, I'm going to get to that thought in just a second, but right now I'm going to take a quick break. In the early 1900s, like in 1920s, 30s, you with $20, you used to be able to buy an entire men's suit. You could get the handkerchief, the tie, the vest, the jacket, the pants, the belt, everything. And you could also buy that with a piece of gold. Now, in today's standards, you can't buy much with $20. Maybe a tie, maybe that's it. You could not even come close to an entire men's suit with a $20 bill. However, if you still had a piece of gold, you could still buy an entire men's suit with that piece of gold. See, silver and gold have intrinsic value and it's had intrinsic value since the beginning of time. It's always been a currency around since the existence of man, gold and silver. So why not protect your investments and protect your earning power by owning some gold and silver? And the easiest way to do that is contacting Jim Tewell at epswealthmanagement.com. That's Edward Paul Sam, wealthmanagement.com, epswealthmanagement.com. Give him a call and let him know you'd like them to have some tangible assets in your portfolio. You'd like to have some gold and silver and, and he can help you do that. So if you're ready to protect yourself and protect your investments, then go ahead and give Jim T. Wald a call whom you've seen on our program at epswealthmanagement.com. Let him know Amber May sent you. Hey, I'm Christina Bob, and you are listening to The Amber May Show. Hey, friends, I want to tell you what I recently did. I broke away from the big three. I was tired of the woke mobile, and I wanted to go to 
Christian conservative company that I could trust that support the organizations that I value, and that is Patriot Mobile. So when you go to patriotmobile.com slash Amber, you are going to get free activation. It is super easy to get started to switch from the big free to Patriot Mobile. They'll walk you step by step. It is not difficult at all. And I've had tremendous service since I made the switch. So I recommend if you want to vote with your wallet and, and support a company that supports your values, go to patriotmobile.com slash Amber and save on a free activation. So that's patriotmobile.com slash Amber. Now the links are in the description below or on my website at theandermayshow.com slash promo. So check that out. So it's time to vote with our wallet, ditch the woke mobile and go to a Christian conservative mobile. And that is patriotmobile.com slash Amber. You are listening to the Amber May Show and now we return to the show already in progress. So every time that you go to Walgreens or Walmart or wherever, and I'm sure that, you know, we all know that half of the people who work from Walmart are on welfare because they, mm-hmm. they, they, all the, all the, uh, companies and Obamacare hurt people more than anything. Yes. Like, oh, well, if, if you're working 30 hours, then we'll only work you 28 hours. Or if, you know, if we, if we have to give you benefits at 32 hours, we're only going to work you at 30 hours. So now there's no benefits or not making a full 40 hours they're you know people have to eat they're going to get subsidies right well if people are that close to the poverty line and they're at the subsistence level and then they lose their job or they have a major problem with an automobile or you know a medical issue or whatever then they're they're not going to be able to pay their bills and at some point they're going to have to choose what they can do and what they can't do now if you Mm -hmm. have at home and your rent's late and your kids are hungry and you only have five dollars you're going to feed your kids and then eventually you're going to get kicked out of your house. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's an economic um, stratification of homeless, and these sometimes are a lot of times are working poor. I mean, the everyday people you meet in the restaurant that you meet that's on the other side of the counter, they could very well be homeless, and you don't even know it. You know what? I've heard that to be true. That there is a section of our society that's working homeless. They have a job, but it's just not making it ends meet, and so they technically are homeless. But that being said, what if they try to go get a better paying job? I mean, I mean, it's still possible to fight homelessness. I'm, I have to be devil's advocate here because, you know, I, I, I need a better understanding of this world that you're involved in. Well, it gets deeper than that. But those are, okay. you know, I just wanted to kind of get to those things. Okay. Um, if, if I was homeless, right, the first thing I would do is I would get a gym membership and then I have an access to a shower. Right. right. Homeless right. people do that, right? And they're yep. like, okay, fine. I'm going to not look homeless. Right. Homeless. And then since I'm living in my car, all I have to do now is avoid getting raped and robbed, which is how right. I can honestly get involved in drug abuse because they're, they're, their potential of victimization is very high at that point. So a lot of the women that we treat were homeless and they could have escaped an abusive relationship. They could have lost a job. They, you know, they could have just got thrown out you're dating a boyfriend and, you know, he's working and you're, you know, a, a, a waitress or whatever, you know, something's not good. Or you came from another state usually. Uh, and then for whatever reason you break up and now you have nowhere to live and you, you know how some of those relationships end very badly. Mm-hmm. And now, now you're a girl that has no street smarts and you're, and you have nowhere to go and you're out on the street and mom is not going to talk to you because she told you not to date Johnny before you drove away and gave her the bird on the way out of town. And, you know, there's a lot of problems with family where people won't reconcile. And I would say that's probably the fastest way to get people off the street is to try to connect the people who are homeless that 
continually lied or stole from or disappointed or made their whoever their parents angry with those parents. And if you could get them to recouple again, then, you know, there's a potential to get them off the street. But a lot of times these people that that first of all, these women will start doing um, crystal meth because it initially, I mean, it, you don't have picking injuries. You're like, holy shit, I can stay awake all night and I don't have to worry about getting raped. Or at least I know somebody's coming to get me. And then the sun comes up and now I'm going to go sleep on a park bench. And it, it's a, it's a very fast spiral. It mm-hmm. really a lot of other people, men and women, and I've met doctors out there. I've met people. There was one guy, and I have him on video, I think, from last year. I'm, he had this kind of bad foot thing that I'm working on. And uh, and I was talking to him, and he's just he's just blasted out of his mind. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and I'm like, yeah, man, you know, whatever. And I'm working on him. And he goes, oh, you're right. We need water. I mean, you know what I'm going to do is a cost-benefit analysis of the park over there and make sure that we have the surveyors come. And, blah, blah. and he just, like, started talking all of this stuff, just, like – from his mind and then and then he's back to being high and talking to the pebbles on the asphalt again it's like this guy was somebody at some point and something mm-hmm. happened to him and a lot of folks that are out there and i i we're talking about the fentanyl crisis and everything else mm-hmm. and this really frustrates me for years and years doctors were incentivized mm-hmm. to over uh over prescribe Hold on, I, if my computer restarts, I'm being really sad. I just got a warning that said it needed to restart. Um, they overprescribed oxycotton or oxytoxin is what I call it. And okay, so you got a knee injury. Okay, well here's uh, here's you know five milligrams of Tylenol three or whatever, and and you're and, you know the knee injury is not going the way you want it, and you, now you need a little bit more because the way that those opioids work is one milligram might work on you the first week, but then your body builds up a permanent tolerance to it. And then it's going to take two milligrams to have the same effect. And then you're going to build up tolerance to that. Now it takes five milligrams. And all of a sudden you got people who are taking handfuls of this stuff and the doctors are like, great, you just paid for my Maserati and they're going to give you as much as you want, but you are getting addicted to this and you don't even know it. And then what will happen is you're going to get cut off and then you're addicted and the stigma of drug abuse is that there's no, you can't raise your hand and say, hey, you know, uh, work that employs me that has a no, zero tolerance drug policy. I'm addicted to Oxycontin that my doctor prescribed me. Mm-hmm. I need to go to rehab. I need FMLA for that. I need, you know, they're going to go, you're a drug addict. You're fired. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that happens is maybe they're already addicted to these drugs and they're taking them and then they get hurt at work. And what happens for a lot of companies, if you get hurt at work, automatically you get a urinalysis and then you come up and you, and you still have Oxycontin in your system, but your prescription expired six months ago, but you were getting it from your aunt Jenny who never takes it. Right. Mm-hmm. You hers. So they take all of that off the market and now the, the supply dries out and now they have fentanyl, which is like Oxycontin on steroids. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, it's very, very addictive. And so you're going to turn to that. Now, as soon as you turn to that, what's going to happen your spouse is going to, you know, catch you with the little blue pills. You're going to get caught hot on a piss test. You're going to now become one of these unemployed, uh, you know, working poor people. But now you got a drug addiction. Mm-hmm. And now the, you know, the physical things that follow that drug abuse are going to start happening. You're going to stop caring for yourself. All of a sudden you're going to lose that car. You're going to lose those relationships. You're going to lose everything you own. And now you're just some homeless drug addict. And somebody looks at you and goes, look at her. What did she do to herself? Right. And then they don't, they have no concept of the humanity that has brought people down Mm. it is it is that quick it is that quick so you when i see people 
I wanted to, I'm, I'm not going to say who it is, but we had lunch with them and they, they, they contribute a lot to the channel, but they're a retired couple and they're in their sixties. Um, the, the person I'm talking about and he said, Trooper, you know, I watch your videos and I, and I can't do what you do. I'm like, eh, not everybody can do this. He said, no, I don't think you understand. I'm still in uh, narc uh, narcotics anonymous uh, NA. I'm a heroin addict. I'm like, no way. You're, you know, like big, rich guy, retired, you know, snowbird, Arizona. I was so addicted to heroin. I hit rock bottom and I've mm -hmm. been 30 years, but I still go to NA meetings and my wife will leave me if I ever miss one. Mm -hmm. And so when you're out there and you're saying, Oh, I smell fentanyl. Yeah. That's the difference between blue and crack. Cause we do, you know, these things are in our environment. Um, he's like, I know I'm not strong enough to be out there, but I can support you and your mission. And I'm like, so what you just told me is 30 years ago, you're one of the people that I treated last Saturday that was hopeless, destitute, addicted, and mm -hmm. had no future. And now you're, you're retired, successful, and happy. That tells me when I go to work tomorrow and I work with the homeless, I'm seeing a bunch of people that if I can buy them enough time, eventually, maybe 30 years from now, they'll be you. If they want that help and they want to, I mean, if they get fed up with the life that they have where they're, they're tired of being on drugs, because there's people like, you know, there's, there's people here like Mike Lindell. He was, a, he's a successful businessman, right? Addicted to drugs. And one day he just got so fed up. And he wanted to stop doing drugs. And look what he's at today. He has a very successful corporation, right? So as long as that's the mentality that you are so fed up with where you're at that you want something better, that's when you go for better, right? I mean. Sometimes, yeah. If you have it. You know, and again, we're talking about people that have the intellectual center of their brain intact. There's a lot of people out there and they say mental illness mental illness that I see out there is there is some mental illness where there's like crazy people and this type of stuff, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're exhibiting behaviors that are abnormal that you would associate with somebody being crazy. Mm -hmm. but there's also a lot of people that are just intellectually uh, subdued and they don't have the skills or the, they don't have the ability to even think about how to get out of their situation. They're so, they're so far locked into it. And when this book back here, this is an awesome thing. And I want to call out to Brandy Charge. She runs a, uh, I started helping her. Uh, Billy's Way Home is the the charity that I started supporting. They feed the homeless every Saturday. That's how I got into this with the medical mission. Brandy's son died out there of sepsis. He died out there of an untreated wound that was completely preventable. He was an addict. He went to the Maricopa County jail system, the third world jail system that Penzone has created. They refused to treat him. I, from what I'm, I'm understanding how the wound progression went, he probably got Mercer or something like that. It probably went septic. Mm -hmm. treat him. They kicked him out on the street. He's in an austere environment. He probably got a, a you know, bloodborne illness from that. And then he died that quick. And so the, the wounds that we're treating out there are critical, immediate and critical wounds, even though they're acute injuries, some of them are chronic, meaning they've had them for a while, but you have to get on top of those wounds or they're going to get worse. But this Is book- there is there a free place that these homeless can go for medical treatment out there in the community? Well, allegedly, right. First, let me talk about this cool book. So this book okay. that I have in here, and here's one of my, um, my things that I show people. Wow. Um, if you're, if you're a female, if you're suffering from domestic violence, if you're a, a gay teenager, if you're a homeless person with a dog, if you need a shelter that can take you and your dog. Wow. Um, whatever. So there's a lot of things in here 
And these are just a bunch of things that uh, Brandy has put together in a notebook. And I try to remember, like, I try to refer as many people as I can if there's resources for them yeah. outside of medical. But I have to kind of stay in my lane, which is, you know, putting Band-Aids on guys, right? Right. So no, but I'm glad I'm glad you have that tool because there's a lot of nonprofits out there that want to help the homeless. I know there's uh, help. Help is one of them. Help. And it stands for something. I don't lift partners, homeless engagement, lift partners. I know they're out there. I I know that there's several other nonprofits that are out there that want to help the homeless. Uh, so that's good that you have that. You could be that resource to be like, well, why don't you do X, Y, and Z? But look at um, Maricopa County, right? Yeah. And I say this with the water too. Go on Google Maps, turn it to satellite view. Zoom in on your house, your little tiny house. Mm-hmm. And then zoom out to your neighborhood mm -hmm. and zoom out to your zip code and then zoom out to your city and then zoom out to like get to where you can put Sun City and Chandler on a, on a map. And now try to find your house. There's a little pixel on there somewhere that's kind of like used to be your house. And you take mm -hmm. that. That's how big our area is, is massive. The zone with everybody associates with Phoenix Homeless is a little skid row that's downtown. Yes, I've seen it. All of the NG all the NGOs, everybody with a camera, everybody's down there. You know, everybody wants to help those guys. That's one little tiny part of this massive county that we're in. And there's a few hundred homeless camps that nobody cares about. And that's so. So when you're talking about these resources, usually when you're referring them, if I'm working on a camp that's up here in Northwest Phoenix, uh -huh. resources over here in you know Scottsdale or in Mesa or somewhere that's useless. It's useless to them. So yes, there, we can't always help people. One of the ways I'm able to help people is we're going to start giving them bus passes if I have to refer them for medical. Oh, that's a great idea, Trooper. Um, I love that. There's three things though. So the first thing is this, if you're critical and non-breathing or you're bleeding out or you have some kind of like eminent trauma like that, an ER has to help you. But if you're not, if you're what they call ambulatory, you know, you're able to walk and talk, right. then you're a lower priority. So these people have health issues and I mean, i'm talking like broken bones stab wounds serious burns got hit by a car <clears throat> horrible things like this and they walk out these er's or these walk-in uh walk-in treatment things and they know exactly how to deal with them so like oh we have to help them but we also know that they have a, a drug addiction and we also know that they can't go longer than maybe 90 minutes without drugs and so what they'll do is they'll intake them they'll leave them in the waiting room and they go, okay, yeah, you know, we'll get to you. We'll get to you. There could be nobody in the waiting room. And we all know that you have to wait in an ER waiting room anyway. We've always had that experience. Yes. Now you're uh, now you're homeless. You're likely addicted to something. You have some sketchy relationship with some other homeless person that's going to watch your stuff that you really don't trust, but you can't right. push the shopping cart into the ER. So now you're, now you're like, I'm, come on, I don't have a whole lot of time. And then the person that works at the facility, why do you have time? You're homeless. You got all day. And they basically wait them out. And then the homeless person is like, man, I got to get to my camp hide before the sun goes down. Or, you know, I need to, I need to, I need another dose of, you know, the, the thing I'm addicted to, or my, my friend Billy's going to take off with my stuff if I don't get out of here. So you got to think about what they're going through when they walk into an ER. And the other reason why they won't get treatment in an ER, there's usually three reasons why. Number one, they don't want to lose their stuff. Because, I mean, if everything you own, you're carrying in your hand. I mean, look around your room. Look in your house. Look at all the stuff you need to throw away. Look at your garage, mm -hmm. right? Everything that you own, you're carrying. Mm -hmm. 
you can't lose that. So they don't want to go to jail. They don't want to go right to, to, you know, rehab or addiction. And a lot of times when they go to the hospital, they'll just burn the stuff because they don't know if it has mites, you know, that, you know, whatever. It's, right? it's, no, a it's health true. Center. So they just destroy their property. I mean, so, they're not doing it maliciously. I mean, it, it they don't want to infect other people. So yeah. Exactly, I, I, right? It's a responsibility. Yeah. And then the other thing is if they have a warrant. So if you have a Oh, you muted yourself. No, I'm sorry. The hospitals are good about they won't call the cops unless you've been shot, stabbed, raped, uh, serious assault, stuff like that. So even women who have been raped will not go to get treatment because they have warrants out for their arrest. They know the police are going to get called and then the police are going to go, well, I'm I'm sorry this happened to you, but you have unpaid traffic fines and, you know, or you, you have a failure to appear or you have a, a bench warrant out for you. And now they're going to get, you know, now they're brought back in the system. And this is, and this is it. I mean, it, it's what we need to do as political representatives of our legislative districts to push back on, on this, on this thing. Um, so that's number one. So number one, don't want to lose my stuff. Number two, don't want to go back to jail. And number three is I'm addicted. And if I go to get treatment, I'm not going to have access to drugs. And so there's only one or two hospitals that provide detox in uh, kind with treatment. And so we're, I'm just, I learned this just a few, a few months ago, and I'm still trying to put it together. And this is where the bus pass idea came is people won't go to this hospital because they don't, they, they'll make you just detox on your own, which can be lethal for a fentanyl. Very, very hard. Yeah. It's torture to detox on your own. Yes. And it's a lot easier to talk somebody into getting, cause I've had to refer wounds out, you know, like, like bomb wound or last week we had gunshot guy that had cadaver skin grafts on his arm. And, you know, thank God there was a, a trauma nurse that was on another charity that was there. I'm like, I don't even know how to cover these. I don't want to dry them out. I don't want to macerate them. I don't, you know, what do I do? So we were able to treat that guy. Well, he's, you know, he's a victim of a crime. He has this very serious injury and he doesn't have any money, so they don't care if he's homeless. They're going to kick him back out. So now he's, you know, now he's in the street. He's in an austere environment. Those things are going to get infected. They already got paid to do the skin grafts and the surgery, so they've already monetized that homeless guy. They don't care if his arm gets infected and falls off. They don't care. They don't. So not to get bitter about this, but you have to understand somebody's situation as another human being, right? If everything that you lose, if you knew that when you went to go drop off your kids, that your everything in your house might be gone if you don't get back you're going to be driving pretty you're going to be like come on guys come on get out of the car come on right because your your life is so precarious at that point if you knew that if you had to talk to a, a school counselor if you had to go to the dentist and they might you know they might send you to jail you're you're probably going to have more cavities in your face right i mean so they, they go through these very real things and you're talking about all the christian organizations and all these other people so first of all we have an amazing group of volunteers so i'm at midway park that's in between thunderbird and cactus on 24th avenue it's like just on the east side of uh, i-17 and you'll see it on the map it says disc golf park or cave creek park uh, but it's in between cactus and thunderbird right there on on i believe it's uh, 24th avenue and you'll find it. It, it on the map it just says disc golf park well there we have uh brandy chard from billy's way home who does the feeding we have Dogs Day Out AZ, who did amazing work this summer to get those little doggy pads for the dog feet uh, mm -hmm. to, protect, to protect the dogs. Uh, we have other volunteers that come out there and give out clothing that they collect. We have a couple that somehow they get all the, uh, the stuff that 
uh, when you when you travel, you go to the hotel and you get the little soaps and the shampoos and all those things. They they have those things that they'll hand them out. Uh, there's my buddy Chuck who does uh, Biker's Edge in Peoria. Gives him a lot of their stuff. People will go and up, upgrade their bikes and they'll take the takeoff parts and they'll give them to Chuck. And then Chuck's able to fix the bikes for the homeless so they can have mobility to medical care, to, to show up to court, to get work, to see their family. So their transportation is extremely important. So he's out there doing his thing. And then I'm, you know, I'm the Band-Aid guy. So there's there's a group of us that are that are out there, but we're just one group of people in one park, in one city, in one county that's this big that has a hundred of those parks. We're just one little teeny tiny dot on that map. And I don't think people understand at scale how many homeless people there are. And then we're going to add all of the new homeless that are going to be the product of this invasion mm -hmm. of our country. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's a criminal thing and a humanitarian thing. Mm -hmm. It's you both. Know? Right. And so I'm going to start seeing that we were in the middle of a, like a shooting a few weeks ago. And like, bam, 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 bam. Right. I'm like everybody get down. They're going to run out. Well, of that, that area is a little rougher than it used to be because I grew up in that area. And when I was growing up, it wasn't so rough and it's gotten rougher over the years. So how do we get it? Like, I assume that you want um, help or get involved. Like if people are listening to what you're saying and you, you're a very compassionate man and I, you know, it's admirable. I'm, I'm an emotionless it. stone gargoyle. <laughs> it's admirable that you want to help the needy that, that a lot of people won't, that won't want to do it. So how do people get involved or, or, or what is your call to action or what would you like people to do? I need band-aids. So, <laughs> so I started an Amazon wish list just for the medical supplies that I use. And now we're going to move that over to our, our 501c3. So now I uh, hopefully will be able to issue tax uh, uh, receipts for any donations that I get, but we weren't able to take cash for, you know, the first year. Cause I didn't know how to, how to account for that, you know, with the IRS. I'm like, I already got band-aids and I'm going to pay a big tax bill because the IRS is going to think people are gifting me band-aids, you know, for some reason, but you know, so <laughs> something that has a monetary value, right? I'm like, well, they can see the videos of using these band-aids. Uh -huh. So I just sent you uh, the link to the uh, uh, troopercarenetwork.com. Um, and my wife would just, uh, actually, I want to thank Teddy Spaghetti for setting up uh, the website, but it's all one word, troopercarenetwork.com. And then on there, we're going to have a link to the uh, the Amazon page where I have two lists. I have what I need immediately and then and then what I use, what I have plenty of. Uh, and then on that, we're also going to have this give butter uh, thing where you can you can donate money and then that money goes to a bank account. I don't draw a salary. My wife doesn't draw a salary. People are like, I like your network because we get to see what you're doing. You're filming a lot of it. That's definitely where I could use help. If people want to go out to the camp with me that are really good at filming, there's a couple of engagement rules like we don't film people's faces unless we ask them. But, you know, if we focus on the wound, I want to educate people in the type of wound care that we're doing, because this could happen to you, your neighbor, your family member, somebody in your community. And we're all worried about the end of the world and whatever. Mm -hmm. We got poopy pants in charge. So what happens if the power goes out? What happens if there's an extended disaster? Right. You're going to have sanitation issues. Sanitation issues are always going to lead to skin issues. And 90% of the treatment that we that we deal with are some type of skin issue. I have the uh, advanced practice nursing manual for 
um, basically skin issues that my wife bought me for Christmas. And, you know, like, this is like, you can't imagine how geeky this reading is. Right. But I um, you know, things like that, like the phases of, uh, you know, wound healing, you know, from, from impact and, you know, inflammation and then remodeling and scarring and, you know, all this stuff. And then how you get presented with an injury and how you treat it. And, you know, is it exuding, non-exuding, you know, what is it? Let me ask you this trooper. Um, are you welcoming, uh, first responders, nurses, doctors yes. that come volunteer alongside you to help treat wounds? I am. And I've had a lot of challenges with that because the scope of practice of nurses and doctors with the board of medical examiners and the board of nursing, uh, are that nurses generally can't work unless they're under doctor's orders. Now, retired nurses, they don't have any obligation to anybody. Retired doctors could go out there. Um, but we've had a lot of trouble with that because the doctors don't want to go out there because they don't know how their um, liability insurance or their malpractice insurance is going to work. A lot of doctors just don't care because they're not getting paid for this, right? But mainly- but there, there's, a, there's a section of people in our community that are like you and have a heart for this. And God made everybody different and put go. skill sets and dreams and desires and, and, and hurts into certain people. So they will address those issues in society. But if there is a doctor and nurse or a first responder that would like to work with you, is the troopercarenetwork.com the best contact where they can reach out or for all of us who might want to donate, is that the best place to go to either donate or contact you saying, Hey, what you said really rang true for my heart and I want to get involved. I want to help out. Um, is that the best place to go? That's yeah, that's going to be the clearinghouse okay. uh, because of the, the trooper channel on telegram, I started just, like I said, for us self-reliance people. So I'm going to make another telegram channel just for trooper care network. And uh, so they, that's going to be the clearinghouse to go. And as far as the doctors and the nurses, if they wanted to provide advisory capacity, because I've looked at how other charities are structured, and even though they may not be able to, or they're not comfortable with putting their license on the line, going into an austere environment where there's really no guardrails, and I understand that. I don't want any anybody with a professional mm -hmm. license or certification to feel like they need to jeopardize themselves to help humanity, right? Like, I'm going to guilt trip you into helping me. Right, right. Um, but but advisory services and as I developed this the the trooper care network five c three, if we had any doctors or advanced practice nurses that wanted to be in an advisory volunteer capacity, and we'll put your little face on the website as you know part of our advisors, that would help me legitimize this mission so that we can go and we can get better grants and better funding and i can you know and i can have like this constellation of med you know med stations and uh you know emts everywhere all over you know the whole world and help all the homeless people and all that stuff so they don't necessarily have to get mud on their boots to help me um mm -hmm. they can help me intellectually they can help me by advising me and they could they could definitely help by donating because we do have a pretty high burn rate on on medical supplies and most of what we use are hydrocolloid bandages um, you know, and then I always say that gauze and tape are your best friend, but mainly it's hydrocolloid bandages. And then with the venous leg ulcers that we're dealing with, we're using a lot of uh, calcium alginate and silver alginate dressings and things like that that are very expensive. And we could sometimes use like 20 of them on one person, depending on how bad they are. So well, I want to say thank you so much for spending time with me today. I appreciate you and the work you're doing. I think it's very admirable. And I hope people will reach out to you at troopercarenetwork.com or find your trooper chat 
on Telegram. So thank you so much, Trooper, for hanging out with us today. I appreciate all the time. And I'm like, I have so much to talk about. It's like the hour blew right by. But I, Amber, thank you for what you do as well. And I know it's it's difficult to herd cats and get people on the program. So thank you for that. Thank you for joining us today on the Amber May Show. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure you like, share, and subscribe. And if there's someone that came to mind, please share this episode with them. Please follow us on Telegram at the Amber May Show, True Social, Amber May, Frank Social, Amber May, or Clout Hub. I can't wait to see you next time on the Amber May Show. EBSRA LLC is a registered investment advisor. The information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investment, or investment strategies. Investment involved risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategies discussed.